Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shiloh Ghoul itself. itself. This is a Dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Dagger for Sightblinder. May you find shade this day. Sarah, <laughs> I feel like you wanted me to say another episode of Create Expectations is what I think you wanted me to say. Oh, I thought you were going to say Zero Prevails. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, That's fun. Oh, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. Uh, Despite the the shade you're lending me. How are you? I wasn't lending you any shade. Yeah, you're right. You're selfish with that. Uh, Rude. (laughs) You you wouldn't lend me anything, much less shade. I wouldn't keep it all to myself. Uh, I'm good though. Good. Yeah. Um, cool. So we've got a whole another so set cool. of chapters. So cool. Seems cool. Yeah. So. Oh man, we've yeah we're we're making our way through this book and ten chapters at a time. I love it. I'm excited to what where did you leave off last time it's, we didn't we're not gonna get past there this this cast but next one maybe next one we will for sure hmm, okay yeah i don't i did not get much further past where we are right now okay and this this part does not have my favorite scene it's pretty early on in the next part though correct correct yeah because i got a little bit past that and then we decided to rejig what we were doing. Rejig. Rejig. Like we'd already jigged it, so we had to rejig it. Correct. Jig it once again. Yes. That's that is a rejig. Okay. Like how, <laughs> how does that how does that relate to like getting jiggy with it? Totally unrelated. Like it seems like there's a root similar root there root word like the etymology totally, must be similar totally unrelated <laughs> <laughs> you say that like you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right um okay so we are going to talk about let, let's just blanket spoiler warning this for everybody um in the dragon reborn so the third book chapters 10 through 19 but also anything before that right and the show and the show it's all for yeah. oh yeah and there's no show news right there is no show news i scoured everywhere for some and there is absolutely nothing so mm. i i don't know what to tell you other than hopefully they are almost done filming i told everyone to wait with their show news until after you had looked for it sounds like something you would do (laughs) just go out of my way like spend a ton of effort just no (laughs) just to make it so that i can't find any awesome Mm, Uh, yeah so there's nothing to talk about show related so it's all book today all book all All book shall we let's do it all right cool so majority of this um so chapter 10 is secrets and the majority of this chunk of the book is Egwene Egwene's point of view this is actually this is actually a really good way to segment yeah our because we it was all Perrin and company Mm -hmm. and then we just uh immediately like yeah uh, I know that it wasn't intentional on your end but it worked out nicely it was intentional on my end (laughs) <laughs> oh you weren't even joking you were trying to lie so we're, we're lying to each other now that's the thing <laughs> All right. uh, no but 
but like you're right though this is a really good way to, to segment it so i like that this worked out um unintentionally it's just yeah. a stroke of luck yeah this is this is good so so we're taking a break on on the parent stuff mm -hmm. and what so yeah uh we're we're with eggy now egg face <laughs> Eggy, oh boy. Yeah. So um her and Nynaeve and uh she's with Matt and Huron. Matt is not doing good. They're all they're all traveling to Tarvalon. They're with Baron. Um Egwene is still having dreams about Rand, and she is hoping to obviously like be taught more about dreaming and all this fun stuff. Um Matt is basically on death's door. Like the dagger is with them and he's just not looking good at all um but anyway in the in this chapter they're, they're on their way to Tarvalon and Huron can sense that like there's going to be danger nearby um just just he's sensing sensing trouble just based off what his he's seeing and his surroundings and all this um and which, they've learned they've learned <laughs> to to listen to that though yeah which is great because then right right after they run into uh born hall than the children of the light so you know it's, it's a pretty it is in a way like it felt like a very aggressive encounter between them but also not ag aggressive at the same time but then it got really aggressive um anyway he wants to question the eyes to die he wants he like he calls baron a witch like there's just it's very aggressive immediately from his side um right. and they just want to pass and then what what really stuck out and I think it's meant to stand out in this, in this whole thing is there's this obviously heated tension of an argument and, you know, Huron sense trouble and he's noting that he's sensing trouble and immediately like you have this panic in Egwene because she's just mm -hmm. so, so terrified about being collared again. And she just channels and blows up the ground uh, right. in front of them, which then creates this like chain reaction of like, Nynaeve starts channeling and Elaine starts channeling um, and they all are just just yeah. going at it um, before they finally stop and <clears throat> Egwene does mention Falm and what happened there and Bornhold wrongly thinks that it was them that killed uh, his dad because um, they because white clegs think that it was Aes Sedai working with Sean Chin yeah yeah exactly so he is completely misinformed and but Again, it's it's that aggressive behavior where he's basically like threatening them not to forget who he is before he rides off. Um, but I really, what I really liked about this though was just how you could see how um, Egwene and Nynaeve and Elaine are still like they're very powerful, clearly, but they're still so raw at this that it, it can be dangerous. Like there, you can just see all of these loose ends and raw edges to them yeah so i actually so uh, on uh, like the other side of that same coin of like they're dangerous i mm. also uh this, this the thing that really stuck out to me was how how inexperienced they were yeah like the way the way elaine was like let us pass i am the daughter heir how dare you <laughs> and and it's like you're giving him information that he didn't have before. Like now he's going to link Andor to mm -hmm. Falma potentially. Like you, you can, you're causing way more problems and they're talking about fault. Like just keep your mouth shut. You know, like this, this would be something that would be really easy for, you know, for me, I, I'm not like an adventurer, but I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you, there are times that you talk about, you know, you drop hints about what, you know, about what you've been doing, what you, but, but he's like an enemy. You don't want to give him any information at all. And so I think that's misinformation. Right. And I think that also just like goes into like their inexperience and they're naive. Like they haven't been outside mm -hmm. of any of them haven't been outside of their homes before. So this is just right. a whole new, like, not only are they having to learn this, this power and how to channel everything, but they're also having, having to learn how to interact in the world now yeah yeah uh so it's 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 an interesting like okay you're powerful and we're supposed to like you and everything because you're the protagonists but at the same time like you're you've got issues too like <laughs> you've got like issues. you've got a long well you've got a long ways to go like they don't they don't know they don't know how to 
like hold themselves. They're just, they're inexperienced. And I wouldn't, honestly, I would probably have the same kind of disdainful attitude toward myself at that age. If I was, you know, cause you just, you need to, you need to learn these things and they clearly haven't yet. So. Right. Yeah. And Baron is super pissed. Oh yeah. She's so mad. She just mm-hmm. did not want them to channel at all. Um, which, and you, like, I felt this. So going into the next chapter, um, unless there's anything specifically in this one, but you can feel the anger from Baron, like, just keep going, in my opinion, into chapter yeah. 11. Oh, um, so the only other thing I want to point out here is mm-hmm. it, it's like we never lost Bornhold a little bit, except right. we got, we replaced him with his angry, like an angry younger self. And, mm-hmm. and I do want to point out too, uh, just, so their travels must have taken them a long time because in the same time that they it took them to go straight to Tarvalin, mm-hmm. uh, Child Bayar was able to leave Falma, go to the Fortress of the Light, report in, and then go tell Dane Bornhold, the son, yep. about what happened so that Dane Bornhold could go and intercept them. At yeah. Yeah, that's so, a really good point. So he he's moving and there they kind of, I mean, they had to carry Matt in a cart. I'm sure everything is slower. I just, that right. that is something like on a geographical level, like just, you know, uh, traveling on horseback and stuff. That's a real thing. It's a real advantage to be able to move fast. And and Robert Jordan actually does a really good job of that in future like battle scenes and stuff of mm-hmm. some some strategies rely on moving really quickly. It's 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 really fun to see him even early on, like starting to set stages of, how fast people can move, how, mm-hmm. how fast others are, you know, or how slow others are. So just want to, you know, point that out. It's not going to be super relevant anytime too soon, but the Robert Jordan's use of time throughout the series is, can be a frustrating thing, but it's also just a really interesting, if you pay attention to it, he does a good job. Right. So, which is, which is great. Cause then you, you're not going to find, in my opinion, a lot of like gaps. Right. So. Um, okay, so then in the next chapter, though, they are crossing the bridge. They're going to Tarvalin, um, and Varen is evidently still like annoyed and frustrated with them. And she's just like, "Okay, um, you should not say a single word when we get there. Like, you're not talking. None of you speak. We're just gonna get there, and and that's that's it, kind of thing. And just mm-hmm. follow the bouncing ball, um, and." you can tell that they all know that they have messed up because or made a mistake or whatever because they just are all like yep we're not going to say anything and go along with the plan which in my opinion says a lot that even Nynaeve is agreeing to this um to do it so she's usually she's usually going against the grain (laughs) yeah put it mildly right like she tries to be her own grain right (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh i think that says a lot but this whole time that they're going into tarvalin and and gwayne's kind of having this like mini epiphany about how eamon's field doesn't feel like home anymore and she thinks she would only go back there to visit and um it's really interesting to see because again to me with like what you were just saying about time and everything it feels like they just left like I feel like, and I know that it's been, you know, months, if not close to a year, but it really does feel like it's only been maybe two or three months to me. Um, but right, it's just like an interesting thing to see that she's having this like um, break away from her home. Yeah, like it kind of happens in stages where she's, mm-hmm. you know, like they, she at first she just wants to go on an, an adventure. And then she's also got this internal monologue of like what she's trying to process the the fact that Rand is kind of just not hers yeah. anymore. Like there's right. still, they, she still cares about him. She still has feelings apparently, even though we've seen very little textual <laughs> evidence, but that like she theoretically still cares about him and yeah she's just trying to process that as well like every, everything she's trying to do like it, it's all to her it's it's this process of pushing away the old and embracing the new and mm-hmm. I don't know I, I think it would be hard for me to it'd be very difficult to I mean I the place I grew up was 
you know, it was a smaller, it wasn't, it's big for Wyoming, I grew up in Wyoming, uh, but it's still pretty small compared to, compared to the places I've been to. And, I, you know, it, it's tough to go back and visit. And I'm like, man, there's just not much going on here. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, but you don't realize that when you're growing up, you're like, man, you know, we play, play soccer. We go to this cool, like other play, like, but there's all these places to go, things to do, people to see and, you know, realize just how, you know, not that you're missing anything. It's not bad to grow up in a small town. It's just, it's hard to fit back into it once, once you have a bigger view of the world. Right. Once you've been removed from it. Yeah. And, and Robert Jordan does, I feel like a very relatable job of kind of capturing that, you know, her incremental acceptance of that Mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. It's, it's really well done. Um, but anyway, so they, they, they're in Tarbell and Huron has now left. He's got to go back to his King and inform him what's going on. Um, And and we never see him again. He's just, he's gone. Uh, so like literally don't see him until like, way later in the books really so like this is pretty early in book three like we don't see i'm not saying in book three like we don't see him until like book yeah. 13 or something oh boy okay don't so he's like gone that. goodbye Huron. yeah like i just i don't think that's much of a spoil. i just want to just just to point out like the abruptness by which he left there's like go in light my son and he's like peace and he leaves yeah. and then he's gone he's and then like, it's just i gotta like, go do this and then we just don't think of him or see him or like i don't know that there's there's like a couple random mentions of matt talk like dicing with him some or whatever like mm-hmm. as as a thing that he used to do a, a little bit on their trip but then otherwise they don't it's just like Heron never existed for a long time yeah poor guy so. um yeah so spoiler, so, spoiler alert i guess he lives till book like 13 or something so i guess so <laughs> it's not really a spoiler anyways but, um yeah so anyway so he's gone but then mm-hmm. they are now in in the tower stable yard and varen's kind of just like directing the flow of traffic and share meets them there she's like mm-hmm. okay um matt's gotta go uh we gotta take him away he's dangerous he can harm other people so let's just stay away from him and the mm-hmm. girls need to go to their rooms and she's just calling the shots um so she's pretty authoritative 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 that's the one yeah yeah Yeah. um just a reminder to people keep watching varen like it's nothing too crazy but i just Mm -hmm. someone to watch throughout the series Mm -hmm. uh, for however long she is in the series she's she's a very interesting character and there's a lot of very subtle and probably not really spoilerly spoilery mm-hmm. hints at, at things about her, but it's just worth worth keeping an eye on her because she it's just cool to see to see some of those things. Robert Jordan did a cool job with her. Mm-hmm. I hope that's not too spoiler-ish. No, I don't think if, so. If you think it is, you can you can remove it from <laughs> with my with my powers. Yeah. In fact, you can remove anything. I literally have no say. So. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so the next chapter is the Omerlin seat. Um, oh, okay. Yes. Well, so throughout this whole thing, I just want to point mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. that it's the most anxiety-driven thing because uh, Matt, it like the girls are like, Matt's going to die in hours. She, yeah. They're convinced, like, Varen, hurry up. And Varen's like, no, I got to get the news. Like, I got to find out new, you know, what, what's been happening around places. And and then, uh, like, what's this next chapter is about Varen talking to the Emerlin, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, they're going to do something. And then the end of this chapter is like, sit down and tell me everything, Varen, about all this mm-hmm. other, like, just totally ignoring it and it, it gives me anxiety like what's going to happen to Matt like they're just treating him so casually and he's going to die in a couple hours what's going to get what's happening mm-hmm. well okay so that, and that ties into this chapter too right because so mm-hmm. Varen is talking to the animal and that's this whole this whole thing right. um and they're talking about the false dragons and mm-hmm. you know whether or not there are any more left and all this and you know whatever everyone's like they're, they're talking about all the false dragons um, but then Varen takes out the horn 
uh, of Valir. And Amarlin's like, this is supposed to be the Amarlin sees like this is supposed to be with with Rand. Like Rand is supposed mm. to have this. So why is it here? And clearly a surprise. And then, you know, Varen has now filled her in on the fact that it's already been blown. Like Matt blew it. And now you have this really interesting d- discussion because like you were saying the, the girls are like, okay, we we need to heal Matt. Like Matt's gonna die within hours. And now you have the discussion between the Amarlin and Varen happening where they are essentially discussing whether or not they should heal him and the repercussions of both. Because right. if, if they don't heal him, he he dies and now anyone else can find the horn and blow blow it again and that they're in control so to speak of the horn if they do heal him then he is the one that's in control still and they can basically be puppeteers of matt's fate here and whether or not he's in control and what he should be doing with the horn moving forward yeah i i think this is a really good snapshot and insight into the nature of Aes Sedai and what they're dealing with. Because, like, in if you look at, like, Swan Sanche is like, okay, we need to support the Dragon Reborn. We got to, you know, do all this stuff. Like, we don't necessarily love the idea of a man channeling, but we have, he's going to have to fight the Dark One. We got to support him. (laughs) You know, if he just dies, he's not going to be any good to any of us. And so, you know, or if he's gentled or whatever. And so, uh, you know, Okay, let's support the Dragon Reborn, but at the same time, you know they're they're looking out for the world, and it's very cold and calculating. Of it's it's very un-Captain America like, you know, where we don't trade lives kind of thing, right. and, and they're just like, well, what if what if Matt, you know, what if he's a dick, you know, what right. if he's what if we don't want him to to be the one in like command of this this really powerful artifact in the mm-hmm. you know how do we know he's even gonna blow it you know and i don't blame him for thinking about this because that it's it's like well i like i won't casually discuss killing someone personally because there's no i i value you know obviously i value human maybe it's not obvious hopefully it is but um, i value <laughs> i value human life and i you know like it's a horrific thing to think about killing someone else uh, like mm-hmm. uh, at the same time i mean i think i think that i would have to if i was in their position and thinking like okay it's not just like me and the small number of people i would relatively small number of people i would impact by killing some random person it's like if we kill him, we could save the whole world, or maybe we wouldn't, but right. It, it, in a way, it's reassuring that they would even have that conversation. Right, but it's also, like, terrifying. Sure, oh yeah, yeah, and, and you're like, what's going to happen with Matt? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, and then exactly what you said, like, they have this whole, this whole thing, and then, <laughs> and then everyone's, he's like, okay, so, like, tell me everything that happened with, with the group while you were away yeah and i'm like but wait i thought you just said you were gonna heal him like they got time to catch up right yeah they're like so what, what's what's maureen doing with her hair these days yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, everything yeah you know <laughs> oh man um okay so that that's that and then if you're good let, let's go into the next the next chapter because this yeah. is where you really start to see, in my opinion, you really start to see just how clever the Armalency is um, just in, in what she does. So um, in chapter 13, in Punishments, um, Gwen and Elena, they're, they're in, every, they've gone back to their rooms and they're talking through the walls to each other. There's like a hole in the wall and they're able to communicate. Um, and they've, you know, thought that they would be heroes because they discovered the Black Aja. They discovered that Leandrin was part of it um and you know they they didn't they did this thing as naive and experienced people um and eventually the accepted come to their doors and take them out to go and meet the omelency so uh Egwene and elaine and naive now are all headed there to to meet her and they immediately start once they're in her in her chamber start blaming leandrin for them leaving um and they learn in this process because because she has this kind of reaction to hearing Leandrin's name that like not to say it and um it was Leandrin and 12 others 
were responsible for stealing from the tower. They, they stole Tarian Griel. They killed 21 people in the process to kind of cover up their thievery and what was going on. Um, so like clearly super, uh, super on the evil side of things. And, uh, but she, she does punish them. And she says, you know, like, even, even if she tricked you, like you still chose to go. So we're, we're going to punish you. And it's going to be a public punishment. So everyone's going to, going to know about it. Uh, you're going to have to work in the kitchens and all this. And she eventually sends Elaine out of the room because she wants to speak to Egwene and Nynaeve on their uh, own. Um, yeah. Um, oh yeah. And then also I completely forgot, completely forgot that she, she does make Egwene and Elaine accepted in this, or they are made to be accepted in this discussion. Yeah. She kind of, she kind of just uh, puts them on the list, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. She's like, all right, you've, you are strong. You can move up a tier when you're ready, or when you go through your trials. Anyway, so she she does want to speak to um, Egwene and Nynaeve by themselves, which is interesting and you kind of see like all the the ball is starting to spin here (laughs) the ball spins is that a canadian thing yeah no i i mixed up my sayings it's fine the the stick is being handled (laughs) the stick (laughs) is being handled uh yeah so it's fine sounds dirty actually let's continue (laughs) (laughs) sounds like something she would say (laughs) it does it does Okay, so, but in, in the chapter 14, the bite of the thorns. So she, the one is now having this discussion with Egwene and I need privately. And she's kind of, it, it, it almost felt like she was, like at first when I, when I was reading it, almost like she was talking to old friends in a way. Like she was trying to figure out like, oh, like who do we trust? Who do we want to trust? Um, which I thought was interesting because- that's that's not really the, the vibe here and clearly she, i think she's just throwing out feelers and obviously right away Nynaeve is like oh well, we can't trust moraine because Nynaeve hates moraine for Nynaeve <laughs> reasons yeah yeah um and i thought this was interesting because because the omelette she was she just rebuffed it right away she's like well do you even have enough experience in the real world to know whether or not you can trust her like do you have enough experience to make that call right so it, it was Which, interesting well yeah so we see this transition here uh over the next little bit mm-hmm. uh it's just this, this sustained thing of of naive like being in charge of being thought to be the the most capable the strongest the best um to being like kind of kind of placed where you know in a lower lower place in life in the world right like and the emerald like well what what do you know girl? right like and, and rightly so i mean she was she was the wisdom and she was that that meant that she was she was the strongest she was very strong will but and she was smart and whatever she was capable for that situation but the the things that are surrounding them now that they're taking on are maybe maybe more than she can handle currently at least Right, exactly. So it is interesting, like it, where she's being put in her place now, knocked down a few right. pegs. Well, and Egwene starts starts thinking like, well, I mean, she's already thought like, well, the fact that Nynaeve has the ring on her finger and mm-hmm. and I don't means that you know she's the, she's an accepted and I'm not means that nothing has changed in our dynamic. But she doesn't realize that I'm a grown woman now and I should be able to choose my own stuff. Right. Yeah. Old Eggy. Uh, <laughs> but um what I what I really liked about this was she she does reveal the animals she reveals like she can trust uh Nynaeve and Egwene not to be in Lee Antron's group. And this this was just so smart. She, because she publicly punished them, no one will assume or make the connection that they will be doing the work for the omelette seat because they've been, you know hung out to dry by her already um and she wants them to be her house she wants them to go and find um the black the black aldra and to hunt them and 
you know, she's like, Varen's going to give you all the information, go, go and talk to her type of thing. But it's just such an interesting um, way of manipulating the situation where she can purposely publicly punish them so that no one suspects her of working with these, these two girls. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you just have to feel sorry almost for the Emerald and she's, she's like, all right, so uh, <laughs> the only people she can actually trust are basically just really immature girls who don't know anything. She's already just put, she's like, you don't know crap, Nynaeve, like, st- shut up, right. you know, like, you're so inexperienced. Okay, guys, you, you want to help me? Yeah, this is what I need you to do. And no one's going to suspect that you're doing it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so then in chapter 15, the gray man. Oh, uh, indeed. Mm-hmm. So Egwene uh, and I Rob, they're, they're headed back to their rooms. They're talking about the Black Aja, how they're going to find them. What are they going to do? Um, and they're looking for Elaine and they're wandering around and in this process of wandering around um Egwene and Egwene ends up asking Nynaeve a question and what ends up happening is a crossbow just happens to fly right past them where they had just been standing um and they they do find the person who shot it because Nynaeve was able to channel and hold him with uh with air but when they got there he was already dead there was a dagger in his chest so really they can't they can't do any uh questioning or find any info out here um but then shiriam appears and is like oh this is like a gray man um he's one of the soulless like he's he's working um basically with the dark friends and for the dark one um and she just like sends them away. She's like, oh yeah, like just don't tell anyone and like I'll take care of this and clean it up and and whatever. Um, and in the process of when they leave, I think it's a Gwen that goes to double back um, to, to look for the crossbow and realizes it's already gone. It's gone. That's the creepy part. Yeah. Yep. So it's just like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. So this is a new type of shadow spawn. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we know we know what Mardrill and Trollocs and the flying guys drag car are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gray men. So there's going to be two. I'll give you a minor spoiler here. Um, okay. There's going to be two different types of new shadow spawn in this book introduced. Okay. So Gray man is one of them. The, yeah, they're they're shadow spawn though. They look like humans, but. Mm-hmm. They never really fully explain what exactly they are. Well, maybe they do actually. They do talk about it a little bit, but yeah, it's creepy. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're the scariest out of any of them because they're they're like almost they're magical to the point of like you wouldn't know, like you don't notice them. Like they right. just walk up to you and stab you. It's not like they sneak up on, on you and stab you. Like they're not just in the shadows. They're just they'll walk up and if you're just partially distracted, they'll just kill you and then they don't care if they're killed in, re- in return like they've already accomplished their mission it's it's a oh that's terrifying could that uh, well just think of how terrifying it would be like if you're driving and you just think any given person like there might be some people out there who might just swerve into you on the other from the other lane you yeah have no def- you have no defense against that really unless you're paying if, unless you're being hyper vigilant which you can't really maintain a state of hyper vigilance and so I don't know that they're the most terrifying to me because mm-hmm. if they're gonna if they want to get you like you have to you have to be on your guard all the time and you can't do it and it's scary no, no okay. thank you agreed no, no thank you no thank you sir <laughs> okay I would not like some more no no more no more gray man um so in the next chapter hunters three uh not even Egwene do end up going back to, I think it's Nynaeve's room and Elaine's already mm-hmm. waiting there and they've run into Gawain and Galad in the process and they and all the, kind of, sorry. Galad is beautiful. Oh yeah, they're just going on about how much they think Galad is, Egwene thinks Galad's handsome and all this nonsense and they get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in order to get them to leave, Nynaeve's like, oh, I'm going to threaten to report you to your uh I think it's their arms masters and 
just to, yeah. to get them out of there. And then Elaine starts talking about how Gawain ha- it has a crush on Egwene and like this whole, it's just a weird, just this weird dynamic thing going on there. It's mm-hmm. all weird. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it other than weird. Oh yeah, Elaine's like, hey, be, hey, Gwen, be interested in one of my brothers, especially mm-hmm. the good one that I like, but I don't care who, as long as you're not interested in Rand, so I can have Rand. Right. It's very, I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. It is weird, but yeah, whatever. I think yeah. I think it's more interesting really that how how the everyone is is getting away with it. Like Morgaze is super pissed right now. Yeah. It's, like she's it's, it's like an international incident that Igwe, that Elaine <laughs> left like it's it's a big deal you yeah. know and and Galad and uh, Galad and Galen are you know they're trying to help kind of mm-hmm, and because they want to take her back they want her to to leave the tower and go back yeah you know they they just don't and I I started to see like the it's just annoying because the girls are like, we don't want your help. Leave us alone. And like, they're just being well-intentioned. Yeah, like they could, you could oh. be nicer about them, I guess. They could, they could treat them more, more courteously, I guess. Which is fair. Yeah, that's yeah. Be courteous. Uh, but- Courtesy is seldom unwise. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, no, no, but, but she ends up like getting rid of them and then in the process they decide they're going to tell uh elaine everything that the armalone said to them and they tell her about the gray man and this whole thing um and nynaeve has kind of come to terms with like the eye said i like armalone c and baron all of them they're probably going to let matt die and mm-hmm. she's just like i'm going to try and heal him myself and that's where they're they're going to go at the end of this before elida walks in at the end Oh, Elida. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I do find it funny that Nynaeve's like, oh, they're probably going to let Matt die. We need to go do this. Well, she has, she has some pretty good insights. She actually. does. That's why I find it funny because, like, she is, it's very in character of her to, to assume this and, you know, mm-hmm. go against the grain, so to speak. Um, yeah. But it is a good insight because they were having that whole conversation. Yeah. So, Anyway, okay, so Elida walks in in chapter 17, the Red Sister, um, and she starts, this is super sketch, can I just say. She's questioning them about the Black Aja. She wants to know where they were. They they won't tell her. She wants to know about Rand. Um, like she just starts feeding for all this information that's just very weird. Um, when Sheriam does walk in here, and she ends up making Elida leave, and because like you can't, tell anyone anything yeah. basically yep. um and then they she ends up taking them to um to watch matt be healed she's like you gotta come with us back to the omelin because they're gonna heal matt which like all of this happens in what maybe two hours tops yeah but the it takes that long to read it too and it's just like can you heal matt already what are you gonna but, do but also like you were just with the Omerlin. And then she's like, yeah, go back to your room. Oh, actually, right. just come back. We're going to heal Matt. And we have to do it in your presence. Because that's what we're supposed to do. It's like, why wouldn't you just just keep them there? Like, why send them back to their room at that point? Oh, maybe she didn't want it advertised that they were alone in her op- their, the office with her. Maybe she didn't want to accentuate that. Even if, even if people could know that it was knowable. If, maybe mm-hmm. she just didn't want to draw undue attention fair fair well so they're they're going back that's what's happening yeah so in all <laughs> this time yeah they get back mm-hmm. the gray man tries to kill him in- mm-hmm. immediately immediately sherryam sweeps it under the rug yeah and then and then after she sweeps it under the rug she has time to talk to the Amberlin and mm-hmm. then go back and tell eggy and company that it's time right but then also tell them not to talk to anyone and tell them, tell anyone about what happened. Mm-hmm. So. Sharon's a busy lady. Suspicious. Just yeah. saying. Um, Sharon okay. is sus. She's sus. 
Very good. <laughs> <laughs> she is sus. Uh, anyway, so then the chapter 18 healings, mm-hmm. they are headed down to the lower levels of the tower. Um, and that's where Matt's going to be healed. And they get in there and he's laying down. There are all, you know, the Armland seats down there are all these other eyes to die there. Um, and they start healing him and he just starts shouting words in a foreign and like in the old tongue sorry um and Egwene can't tell what he's saying but she knows that it's a battle cry of Manetherin but she can't uh she mm-hmm. doesn't know what it actually translates to um and they end up taking the dagger Anaya takes the dagger and she puts it in this like heavy box to kind of put it away and at that point is when Matt collapses in this whole like healing process um and Brenda's is the one that's decided like Matt's got to go back to his room to rest and heal up and everything and Varen and Sarah Feller are also there and they're discussing what he said and what he was what he was uh when he was yelling so this whole thing is basically just them discussing Matt and healing Matt yeah and sending him on his way yep off you go young man yeah done yep to the best of their ability yeah I, I so this is this is a really fun just I don't know mm-hmm. a kind of a hint at what's gonna what what's about Matt just about Matt and his nature a little mm-hmm. bit you know and I like I like that he's you know he's commanding men and he's uh he's saying I'm no easy meat I said I mm-hmm. you know like he's so defiant and he has no idea what he's doing or what he's saying but it's it's just fun I don't know it's a yeah his grand words you know it's 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 very different from his actual character the way he speaks his high Mm -hmm. diction with the old tongue and everything Mm -hmm. but but it's also a little microcosm a little bit of of uh, some aspects of him that we can expect later right which makes sense sure totally makes sense um okay so this whole time we have been with Egwene and yep. with all these chapters that are all from Egwene's point of view, and then chapter 19, Awakening, we switch to Matt. His first um, time ever as a viewpoint ever, character. Which is yep. awesome. Um, so he wakes up, and which obviously it's Awakening, but he can't tell um, if he, if the thoughts that he's having are memories or if they're dreams or or what's going on. He doesn't know where he is at first. Um, he remembers bits of Shatter Logoth. He remembers there was a dagger. Um, he assumes he's now in the tower just, just based off what's happened. He remembers, you know, need, being sick and needing to be healed. But th- it's all like these bits and pieces that he doesn't know what's what. Um, oh. Anyway, so there's, there's tons of food left out for him. He ends up eating it and he's trying to decide whether or not he's going to like leave and take off Mm -hmm. and you know go get some coin and then get out of here kind of thing um and then that is when he he remembers that he blew the horn of valier and they're probably not gonna let him just walk out the door very easily yeah so which coincidentally i believe this chapter ended with somebody opening his door coming in as you yeah. remember this yeah mm-hmm. so, so who, who is it it's it yeah you could say it it's land fear at least there's there's some some pretty strong hinting like he, he's like mm-hmm. you must be Aes Sedai and she looks annoyed which she every time I Rand suggested she was Aes Sedai in the last book mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. Aes Sedai I am what mm-hmm. I am I'm not Aes Sedai though I'm not one of them I'm not nah, 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 nah. like can you just stop like ranting, acting like you're so much better than people? But mm-hmm. but she's fun because she hints to the Amaralyn, like, or she hints that the Amaralyn's like gonna conceal the truth from him. She's gonna manipulate him. She's gonna they're gonna pull and and Matt's like, you're gonna do the same to me. Like you're gonna do that too. Don't act like you're so. I just like how he calls. He's just like, why he should just, I trust you? He just, which is interesting because. I know, okay, so like Rand's obviously interacted with her and mm-hmm. Heron's been warned about her. I don't think M- Matt has. No, he's just, 
he's just suspicious of right. like he just he doesn't want to be used and right. you know he talks about his dad his is, yes. is like the best horse trader and how he's his dad sees things from every angle and everything and mm-hmm. he doesn't want to he doesn't want to be a pushover he wants to be like his dad which I mean this is why I hated what they did to Abel Cawthon in mm-hmm. in the show mm-hmm. I, I like they they took a guy who's a great role model for his kid and who's like you know he's a caring loving father and made him into a lecher you know like a I don't know. It just, it kills me probably because being a parent is such a big thing to me right now, but at at the same time, I just, you know, he he references his dad all the time though. in his first, in these first few chapters of, oh yeah, this is what my dad did. And uh, so anyways, yeah, he's, he sees, he's trying to see everything from every angle. He doesn't want to be taken in and he's Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, I don't know anything about you either. Matt's so clever. Yeah. Like sneaky clever. He is. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a scoundrel. He is a scoundrel. He, I love he, that he's oh go ahead. He, no, he definitely like he fit he fits the bill of a scoundrel. Yeah. Uh, but he's like a charming scoundrel. He like smiles. He's like, oh, and I'm now <laughs> I he used he he put on the the smile that I, I don't know if it's this one or a, a later transact or interaction, but he's like, yeah, he he used this he used the smile that he always used to convince his mom that everything was okay or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, that he thought everything was great. And yeah, like all of his interactions, it's it's just fun to see him interacting with people and figuring out like, okay, do I treat him? squarely do i you know do i need mm-hmm. to put on a false face you know he has no scruples of like he's fine with just lying to people if he needs to it's just fun and and seeing him like one of his first interactions with lanfear who was who was like the bad guy version almost yeah. of that you know it's yeah. just kind of fun like he she's trying to manipulate him and he's like uh i'm the i i do that too so to cut that out yeah you can't you can't pull that on me mm-hmm mm-hmm um okay so those that that's the chapters those are the 10 chapters yeah if you can if you can't tell i'm super excited for all the match chapters yeah i know i know i'm like i'm already going chapters okay we'll talk match oh <laughs> let's talk let's just talk yeah but this is great like just just as a preview for like the match chapters not that i've gotten any you know super far in with them but like you said, we haven't had his point of view before. And this entire time, he's essentially been sick. Like this dagger's been affecting him. So now mm-hmm. it's almost even better that we're getting his point of view now because we don't know what he's been been thinking and like going through while he's been sick and being whatever controlled. Right. And it's almost like we don't know it as a reader and we're a little bit confused and trying to figure out what's going on. And, but mm-hmm. he also doesn't really know and is a little bit confused and trying to figure out right. what's going on. Yeah. So it's, it's a fun um, dynamic in that way. Right. Well, and he's deciding what he's going to be as an adult too. He's like, oh, I'm a grown up. I'm not going to go home anytime soon, mm-hmm. but I need to figure out how I'm going to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really fun scene in the next batch, I think. Maybe it's the one I, I forget, but um, I've read a little bit ahead, as you can tell. Again, but um, <laughs> a really, he has some really fun interactions with Egwene and Nynaeve. Like one of my one of my favorite scenes with him in this mm-hmm. book. It, that that's not my favorite scene in this in this book with him, but him interacting with them is it, it's a really good insight on what he what he is mm-hmm. and how he wants to how he wants to deal with people. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, okay. So who's the Mac? I don't even know how you pick because we've basically been with Egwene and them the entire time. Well, yeah. I mean, usually it's easy if, if Egwene is in the group, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't think she really did anything annoying. No, I actually, she's, I, she's I feel like. fine. She's been good. I think, I think I was more annoyed with Nynaeve and her just bullheadedly, like just. Mm-hmm. I don't know she wasn't she's not the most she's not at her at peak annoying level annoyance level but she's mm-hmm. you know she's growling I mean I think I think the thing that was the most annoying is she just spat out she's like we can't trust Moraine right like right. She, she says that to Swan like 
use use a little discretion like why <laughs> read the room <laughs> yeah yeah like maybe maybe don't insult swan's ally you know uh, yeah oh maybe, I mean, maybe they don't know maybe she doesn't know that they're allies but at the same time like so at first I was like, maybe like Varen kind of annoyed me. She just rubbed me the wrong way at first. And then as she was interacting more with- You felt like you were in trouble with her, didn't you? <laughs> no, I just, I felt like she was hiding stuff. Okay. Like it felt like she wasn't giving all of the information. And, but then like once I, once I got to the part where she's interacting with Swan, um, and you're having this like back and forth between them. I was like, okay, well, she can't be too awful. Like, I don't think it's just, seems good. So I don't think it would be her is my point. Okay. Um, yeah. Elaine's barely around. Maybe it is naive for being bullheaded. Shiram bugs me, but I think I just have a bad feeling. And sure. I don't know if that makes her a Mac. I don't think she was that annoying. She, she seemed pretty in character to me. She's just know, bugging. As a mistress. She just bugs me. Yeah. So oh. I think if you were to pick, I think you're right. And like the most logical thing is Nynaeve. Yeah. Because of how she acts. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't pick Dane Born Bornhold. I would have vetoed that <laughs> instantly. <laughs> Use my executive veto powers. I learned my lesson. He's barely in it, so he right. can't be him. Right, I agree. Mm -hmm. Similar, I, I would I would argue that Sherium is barely in it too. Like she's... She still seems more sus. Sure. She's not annoying though, in my opinion. Right, she's sus. Okay. <laughs> Sherium... <laughs> Okay, so now we have we have two different things. Who so we have we have most annoying character, and then we now we have um, most sus character. Most sus. M musk. 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 Uh, <laughs> um, Actually, okay. I kind of like that because they're. I mean, now it's just going to be all these plots and all this. Like, yeah. We should we should have most sus character. Let's do that. And well, and it's also like like. Um, I don't know when she was having this discussion about who who can she trust. That's how I feel reading it now. I'm like, who can I trust? Can't trust any damn buddy. No. So that's how I feel at least. <laughs> going, I'm like, no, we can't. Agreed. So okay. So next next week we'll start a sus character unless we pick right. Sherium today. Let's just pick Sherium today. All right. right I'm I'm, I'm making a most sus character line. Great. I almost I almost wrote this character name as sus, not Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> they are one and the same in my brain. Yikes. Um, oh man. Okay. So next episode, though, we'll do the next 10 chapters. So we'll do we 20, will. yeah, 2029, 20 right? We will. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Do it to it. Any final thoughts? Um, you're the one with thoughts, Sarah. I know. I, had, I feel like I had a good chunk of thoughts and they're gone. Okay. Goodbye thoughts. Goodbye. Goodbye. All right. Goodbye forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. So thank you everybody for listening. May you always find water and shade.